Welcome to Authors Matters, a podcast from the Authors Licensing and Collecting Society. I'm Caroline Sanderson, and I'm a writer and books journalist. In this episode of Authors Matters, we talk to Claire Wade. Claire won the Good Housekeeping First Novel Competition in 2018, and that winning novel, The Choice, went on to be published in 2019. It imagines a future world where everything we eat is monitored by the government. Every step we take is counted, sugar is illegal, and baking is a crime. Claire, it's safe to say that as a passionate baker, this is probably the worst kind of world you can imagine. What was the starting point for this dystopian story? Well, I love to bake. It's my way of relaxing. And I was at a cake decorating shop and I was surrounded by sugar and all things sweet. And then as we drove home, we went past uh, drive through after drive through of fast food restaurants. And I remembered a news story that I'd heard that said that there was scientific research into the possibility that sugar and fat are as addictive as uh, class A drugs. And I just had this sudden thought of what if that's true? What if they made sugar and fat illegal? What would the world look like? And how would I live in that world? And it was quite a horrifying thought because suddenly this great passion of mine would be taken away. And the idea just stuck with me. And the more I thought about it, the more I realised that everything would be different. And I just knew that I had to explore the story. It's such a fantastic idea and I'm, I'm finding it very compelling reading. So, so you entered and won the Good Housekeeping Award, as we've said, and you also won the East Anglian Book Award for Fiction. So, um, I mean, you know, fantastic passports to publication. Do you, do you think you'd recommend that route for other writers? I mean, it, it worked for you. Were you sort of entering competitions? Was that a, a sort of something that gave your work impetus? Absolutely. I found that competitions were a little bit more accessible to me because my idea was a bit different. So it isn't pure dystopian and it's not one of the kind of baking fiction stories either. It straddles the two genres. So I was struggling to find an agent um, who could see how that would fit in the industry and going through competitions because I also entered the uh, Hodescape open submission and it got down to the final four. So I'd found that people within the publishers could see the potential for it and it was almost a more direct route. So when I entered the Good Housekeeping competition, the prize was signing with an agent and with Orion for the book deal. So it brought me everything that I'd been working towards for the past few years as, as one one prize. So I definitely recommend it because you get your work seen by people who would otherwise never have heard of you. Yes, it's getting it seen, isn't it? And getting it read, you know, when it's quite, I mean, lots of people write books that are quite hard to to categorise and or, you know, describe, as you say, I, I mean, I called it dystopian, but it, as you said, it's not quite that in the way that other other works are. So that's really interesting. So most debut novelists face an uphill path to publication, but you have ME and chronic fatigue syndrome. I guess that that's, you know, finding even the stamina to write is probably a challenge. But I imagine writing is also a route out of what can be quite a confined existence, I guess. 
writing has been a lifeline. My imagination has been the thing that has kept me going. I was bedbound for six years and I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't read. I couldn't listen to music. I couldn't do anything. I was just in a darkened room 24 hours a day. So imagining stories was the thing that helped me cope because even though physically I wasn't doing anything, I could imagine things that were way better than what I was going through. And I know that that is something that other people with disabilities and chronic illnesses find is that they can do more in their imagination than sometimes their body will allow them to do. And writing is good because it's adaptable. You can do it at home. You can fit it around your health needs. You can write in your pajamas. I often write in bed. It means it's something that I can actually do, whereas I couldn't work a nine to five. I couldn't leave the house because I'm housebound. So there's a whole host of careers that are just completely off limits. But writing is something that I can do. It's something that I love to do and I enjoy it. So that's that's the most important thing. Well, I know you've said that you feel a responsibility to um, address disability and chronic illness in your work well at least you've said through writing about the lives of women who want to break free from the constraints of their lives so I guess that's a that's a potentially broader canvas but I suppose it's balancing that preoccupation with just wanting to fly free as a writer Yes, the choice isn't really about, it's not about disability. That wasn't my focus. And I didn't want to be focusing on disability as I was writing, certainly my first novel, although that's something that I'm more interested in doing now. But it's been interesting hearing from readers who have ME and who see the parallels between what I've written and their own experiences. And I hadn't realised how much my own experiences of illness was crossing over into my fiction and into my descriptions of of being at home, of um, the main characters very much homebound, even though she isn't disabled. And uh, that sense of her whole world is within her house. and, And that's very much my experience. Well, perhaps given what we've all lived through, the, the you know, the notion of being housebound is something we've all had to get a bit more empathetic with. But you, you've written that you never set out to be a disability activist, but in fact, that you, that's what you've been since a teenager, I think. And you recently guest edited a disability issue of the bookseller. Uh, and as an able and well writer myself, reading it really made me realise that the steepness of the challenges that disabled and chronically ill and neurodivergent writers face. But actually also how adaptable and determined such writers are. Yes, when you are living in a world that was not designed for you, when there are obstacles and barriers to literally everything, you have to be really creative. You have to find ways to make things work for you and to be able to achieve the things that you want to achieve because disabled people have the exact same hopes and dreams as every non-disabled person. And each obstacle is different for each person because no two people, even within the same disability, have the same challenges. We all have very unique uh, needs and it is difficult to have to find ways around certainly with I've noticed within the publishing industry it's finding ways that you can do what you are able to and still achieve your goals and it's it's needing help to do that because sometimes you can't work out the best way because you don't have the experience and it's it's having other disabled writers to be able to talk to, to be able to find out how they have adapted. And then it's also working with people within the industry, agents and editors and publishers to find out what you can do to uh, make your dreams of writing come true and to have your voice heard. I wondered, you know, what might writers such as myself who are well and able do to be good allies to our disabled peers? I think 
the the first and probably easiest step is raising voices. It's amplifying. If you've got a platform and and you see a disabled writer who is 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 tweeting or who is you know if you're inviting people onto your podcast or <laughs> you know whatever ways you have, it's it's helping them to get their voices out there because certainly I. As part of my ME, I have uh, limited energy, so I don't have the energy to be able to do lots of social media, to, to be able to keep promoting myself constantly and to build a platform, which is so essential for authors. We need platforms. And what we're we... told to do all the time, aren't we? Exactly. And, and that can be a job in itself. But when your health needs already take up the majority of your energy and then and then you're trying to write as well to have to then promote yourself and keep building a platform it's it just becomes too much sometimes so if if you see an author who is out there doing good work then then talk about them share their work and and help in in a way of just allowing them to speak up allowing them to to be heard because it's more about their voices being heard than as a as a non-disabled person your voice being supportive it's 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 more about amplifying the voice of the disabled person Okay, so um, good step if you're listening to this to to follow Claire Wade, <laughs> and uh, and we look at, at at your following as well. That that's a great piece of advice, very practical thing that we can do. So you co-founded the Authors with Disabilities and Chronic Illnesses group as a sort of peer support network. What are its aims? If people are interested in hearing more about that. So it's uh, part of the Society of Authors group. We're one of their networks. I was going through the publishing process and realizing that. I really didn't know, A, what I was doing as a debut, but B, what to do with my disability as a debut, because every debut has challenges in, in navigating the process, but there are extra challenges when there is health involved. And I didn't know where to turn. So I wanted somewhere that I could talk to other authors who had been through the process, other authors who could say, you can ask for this, or it's okay to ask for an extension of a deadline, or, you, you know, these things, this is how it was worked for me. So my aim for the group was that it would be a place that disabled people could come together and could talk about the process and could find support and encouragement and just to celebrate the wins because somebody with a disability is going to understand quite how huge the achievement is to get published to get through each of the stages and it's it's been fantastic we started up in june 2020 when everybody was really isolated but certainly we were feeling very isolated and I don't know that I had as huge expectations for the group as it has proven to to be. I just wanted the community, really. And then we were asked to guest edit the uh, disability issue of the bookseller, which was just the perfect opportunity to have our voices heard and to be able to raise issues with the industry that up until now we haven't felt like there was a, a route to be able to share those things. And it was fascinating editing the issue because... I had over 100 people pitch to write articles to be included, which was far more than I was expecting. But the same themes kept coming through, the same issues people were facing, even within very different disabilities. The experiences were the same and the things that they were needing, the adaptability, the flexibility, the inclusivity. They were all things that was repeated over and over again. So to be able to put that all together and to be able to speak for the ADCI group and it was brilliant and it was also a responsibility to try and get it right because it, it's based on your own experience. It's, I have one experience of disability and the members have different experiences. So it's 
trying to layer together those experiences and have a, a common voice. It's a myriad experiences and different challenges, isn't it? And reading that issue made me realise just that the, the spectrum of it from, you know, physical access to buildings or whatever it might be to, to the perceptions. You know, people sometimes think if they can't see a wheelchair, then everything's fine. You know, I mean, it, it's terrific activism, I think, in terms of changing perceptions. Activism is hard work. So complete kudos given, you know, the, the, the challenges of maintaining a writing career and doing that as well. I was looking at your website and it has some great advice on there. So that's Claire Wade, Claire with an I, clairewade.com. There's uh, very good, useful information on there about working with disabled, chronically ill and neurodivergent authors and also making as events accessible. And anybody involved in events, it's uh, great to inform yourself about that too. It is essential. And that's something that we'd noticed during the pandemic was how many literary festivals and events went online and were suddenly accessible, not just to disabled authors, but to disabled uh, attendees. Um, being able to go out is is a luxury for a lot of people. And I'm housebound, so I, I can't go to events. I can't attend anything that's in person. And it was just a breath of fresh air to suddenly see that technology has developed to the stage where we can be part of the the literary worlds and events but the concern at the moment is that in-person access is is now being prioritized and that the lessons that have been learned from the pandemic are slipping away quite quickly and something that the members of ADCI are very keen to pursue is ensuring that there is always remote access that if there's an in-person event that there is always a way for people to be able to watch from home for disabled authors to take part in panels remotely um, using the technology that is now available it's so essential that that keeps happening and it is relatively simple to do because people now know how to do it it's not an unknown anymore Yes, quite. And I'm I'm certainly guilty of, I, I mean, I chair a lot of events and I'm certainly guilty of saying, oh, it's so fantastic to be back doing in-person events. But we, we mustn't go just back to that, as you have you so rightly said. So what advice might you give to any disabled writer listening who feels really daunted by the challenges of getting their work out there? It's natural. We all feel like that. I would say finding a community helps. Finding other disabled people who are doing the same work, who are aiming for the same things you are, so that you have people to talk to. The Society of Authors ADCI group is is a great place, but there are other places as well if you're not a member. And just take it gradually. I think there's a sense that I've certainly felt that there was a rush to try and get published, that I was trying to keep up with all my non-disabled peers, and that I would push myself maybe further than I should and at the detriment to my health and the realization that you can achieve your goals in small steps if you're struggling to just complete a manuscript uh, a page a day is is a novel by the end of the year you don't have to be trying to do a thousand two thousand ten thousand words you know a day or a week you can do it in smaller stages and you will get there you just have to you have to pace yourself which is uh, within me that's that's the watchword is pace yourself and pace your energy and it's very much the same with writing a book and getting published it is a marathon and you just have to, to go slowly and believe that it is possible and it is possible and the more work that we're doing with other disabled authors is is the more possible it's going to be and when you get there it's going to be more accessible and uh, the industry is going to be more welcoming and, and and ready to be able to work with you and your specific needs that's great advice and can we look forward to an another novel from you 
I am working on one at the moment. It is, again, a very slow process because my health relapsed after my uh, debut, The Choice, came out. So I am able to do less than I was, which is incredibly frustrating and uh, not what I want at all. But it's it's where I am at the moment. So I am doing what I can and I will get there. And when I do, there will be a book to show for all the work. Excellent. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out to talk to us on Authors Matters. Thank you. We aim to reflect the views of a wide variety of authors on our podcast, but their views are, of course, their own. Check out more episodes of Authors Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and please join us next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.